The stories we tell communicate who we are and what we value. Each episode, we consider a different story from our perspective as women. From murder ballads to fairy tales, we discuss the power these stories have over us all. This is our history, both real and imagined, told through the eyes of today. This is Femlore. Uh, did you like my breathy hymen? I-, I thought you said hymen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did say like that. Oh, a spooky <laughs> story. Hymen. <laughs> That's exactly what I said. That's why I we're thought here. it was the ghost of T.I. coming to check <laughs> his daughter's hymen. Do you remember that crazy oh, yes, story? That was crazy. Oh, oh man. Gosh. We haven't even gotten into stories and we're talking about problematic, problematic patriarchy. Hey, if you're here for problems, we're here to give them to you. <laughs> so great. Um, totally. Men, and if you didn't hear that story, Google it. It's yeah, pretty wild. It's pretty wild. But man, I have to tell you, I have an excellent story today for you. Yay. Um, it's actually one of my favorites and we have told it on the podcast eons ago. Um, and it's just such a, an amazing story. So I yeah. hope you like it. Before we jump into that, though, I wanted to quickly talk about the nonprofit that this episode pairs well with. Great. It pairs well with Girls, Inc., uh, which inspires all girls to be strong, smart, and bold through life-changing programs and experiences that help girls navigate gender, economic, and social barriers. Um, they have a four out of four on Charity Navigator, a very cool organization, and we will be uh, making a donation. And their website is girlsinc.org. So check them out and make a donation. Awesome. All right, let's get into it. Um, so today I'm going to be telling the story of Tannikin Skinker. Love it. Isn't that the best name you've ever heard? It's a great name. I, I really like the last name Skinker. I do too. I think it's a it's a great name. It's you also- little skinker. <laughs> <laughs> I also feel like like if you're gonna if you're gonna be on a, some sort of like team sport, the skinkers, the skinks. <laughs> Oh, the skink. I was thinking more of like a skunk family. Oh, I see. I see. Welcome to the skinkers. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I have like a song in my head. Like a little skunk family. (laughs) It's probably because I started following this guy on Instagram who has a pet skunk. And I'm like, yeah, your face. Exactly. But I'm very intrigued. I didn't it. They said that it does not hurt the skunks, but they're bred for and as pet. So I don't know if I believe the like that it doesn't hurt them. They remove the like, I think it's called a stink set. A, a, it's called a skinker. <laughs> they remove the skinker. Um, but yeah, so I mean, she can't spray this skunk. Aww, and so she, but she plays with like the dogs and the cats and she like hops around and does the thing where she like flashes her tail when she's like, you know, get away from me or I'll skinker you. But um, <laughs> anyways, uh, check it out. I don't, I don't know what it is. Maybe we'll post it on our story. Yeah, but why not? It's, it's cool when you open your eyes and think past, you know, all skunks aren't scary. I don't know about that. But you know what's really weird about this story is it has nothing to do with skunks. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it's about a, a pig. So we can talk but about... But it's about a skinker. May I quickly suggest, though, as you announced in our last episode, that you are expecting a uh, Tannikin skinker. Could that be on the table? I'm just throwing that out there. It's, <laughs> now it's gender name. neutral. It's, you know, it's gender neutral. I mean, it might just be a term of endearment that I can call my little one. You little skinker. <laughs> you little skinker. <laughs> Tannikin. You little skinker i love it <laughs> all right well here we go um, um 
before we go, I forgot. We should also mention that this is our last episode of the season, right? Yeah. But um, we will be back in the spring, so we can't wait to be in your ears, your pods, AirPods, whatever brand you use soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, let's get started on our last episode of the season. Totally. Woo! Let's do it. So the name of the story is a certain relation of the hog-faced gentlewoman called Mistress Tannikin Skinker, and it was first recorded in 1639. One day, many moons ago, a noble woman found herself pregnant. Her husband was overjoyed, and the two grew happier as the noble woman's belly grew larger and larger by the day. In her third trimester, the noble woman was visited by a beggar. Now, this was not uncommon. Beggars would stop by nobility's residence often, and many would give change or food to those in need. On this day, the noble woman was quite busy and bowed that the beggar woman be dismissed with nothing to line her pockets or stomach. It is said that as the old beggar woman left the house, she muttered a curse under her breath. As the mother is hoggish, so swinish shall be the child she goeth withal. And so, when the time came for the noble woman to give birth, all were horrified to find that her baby had a normal human body and a long pig face. They named her Tannikin, and though she was half pig, her parents paid off the midwife and raised her in a private room complete with a silver trough. It was said that she ate from a trough just like any pig." It was not long before the word of Tannikin was leaked, and people came from all over to see the pig girl who grunted instead of spoke. With the news of their daughter's condition out, the Tannikins located the beggar who had doomed their daughter, and even after she had been sentenced to death, would not or did not know how to reverse the curse that plagued Tannikin. She was burned at the stake for her crimes. Things went on quite hopeless until Tannikin was a teenager. Her parents consulted a man named Vandermast who was not only a mathematician and an astrologist, but also someone well-versed in the ways of the dark arts. Vandermast proclaimed that the only way to cure Tannikin was to find a gentleman who would take her to his bed after loyal matrimony. And so Tannikin's parents promised a 40,000 pound dowry to whomever would agree to marry Tannikin. On hearing of this, a sea captain came to offer his hand and dazzled by Tannikin's figure was ready to marry. But upon lifting her veil, screamed, You must pardon me, for I cannot endure no pork. And as he said this, he ran out of the door, never to be seen again. Next, an English pig farmer, comfortable with pigs, tried his hand at bearing to view Tannikin. However, as soon as he saw her, he proclaimed, I have never seen such a snout. And he too was gone. This went on for many months, and the family began to grow desperate. They packed their things and went to London to try to find a suitor for their daughter. It was in London that they found a man willing to marry Tannikin, and so, on their wedding day, the skinkers tried as best they could to disguise their daughter's face, but there was no hiding it. She looked as piggish as ever. And still the man took her as his bride. After the service, the couple made their way to the bedroom, and lying next to each other, the husband would not look at his bride. Tannikin said, I will release you from this marriage if you will but look me in the eye. The man, on turning towards his bride, saw the most beautiful woman ever. He reached to kiss her, but Tannikin refused and said, Sir, I give you a choice. Either you see me as you do now, a beautiful maiden, or you see me with a pig face, and everyone else will see me as a beautiful maiden. Quick, give me your answer. The husband thought for a moment, then unable to decide, said, You must choose, for you will know best. And with that, Tannikin, a smile on her face said, Now, sir, you have given me that which all women desire, my will and sovereignty. And no I was by a wicked sorceress stepdame enchanted, never to return to my pristine shape, 
till I was first married and after received such power from my husband. And now, from henceforth, I shall be the same to you night and day, of that youth and livelihood which you now see me, till time and age breed new alteration, even to the last period of my life. Wow. That was a long one, huh? Yeah, no, but I liked it. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. So, lots of thoughts. Uh, what do you, what's your initial thought here, Min? I'm really struck by the end. And so I guess just to reiterate, so basically her choice was for him to see her as the young maiden. So, I mean, the rest of the world will still see her as the pig-faced version, right? So it, it's either him see her as beautiful uh, and then everybody else sees her as ugly or she sees he sees her as ugly and everybody else sees her right, as Right, but beautiful. what was her choice? So th- that was the choice. And then he said, you choose, and it just broke the curse. Oh, it broke the curse. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, sorry. I didn't follow the ending exact then. I thought that the ending was um, where she chose for him to see her as the young maiden. No, Got because it. he gave her a choice. He gave her... Her, her that choice mm-hmm. it broke everything so she's Got able it. to just be well it's her. interesting to think about that i mean and i i appreciate in the story that he gave her her own power which mm-hmm. should have been hers anyways yep. mm-hmm. um but i can appreciate that he pushed it back and and let her make that choice but it is interesting because i think it, it just made me think about yeah like what is most important in partnership and for me it's like that vulnerability and seeing each other as they are. But I also can see, and I've seen relationships where it's more so about what everybody else thinks. Mm. It's, you know, worrying Mm -hmm. about what, you know, well, what will people think? And especially me as a plus size woman, I actually have some friends that um, maybe we'll be bringing on next season for an episode. They just started a podcast of their own called Swipe Fat. It's about dating as a plus size woman. And in their first episode, they actually share about how um, both of them had experiences of dating men that were smaller and they were very lovey and affectionate at home, but then they'd even be out and sometimes hear some of their friends say things like, well, how can you be with her? She's so fat. And they would hear these things. And like, and that was, you know, that's relationship breaking. If somebody is proud of you in the home, mm-hmm. but embarrassed of you out in public, that's not true love that's not balance that's you know and that's their own issue you don't necessarily need to change mm-hmm, at all mm-hmm. um but Agreed. i just hearing and thinking about this story it made me think about i had just listened to um one of their first episodes again the podcast is called swipe fat if you're interested um they talk about dating a, a plus size woman and and i think even there's just connotations and connections here because being called a pig being called fat, these things that plus size women are called, I really kind of, I could resonate with some of this and, and that connection. And, you know, just, man, there's, there's a lot in this story. Let me pause. (laughs) Here's some of your initial thinking as well, Rachel. Well, I do think that the pig paradigm is, or the pig, I don't know, the, the fact that she is part pig, um, is actually very, uh, important to the story, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think this idea, so, you know, this gets back to the problem of folklore, um, where when someone isn't normal, um, that's a problem, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so, I think this story kind of 
reinforces that, unfortunately, right? Like what is different is disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have a lot of problems with that, right? Yeah, because a lot of times in folklore, they look at like deformity as evil. Right. And, you know, it's really upsetting because it's not. Yeah. And we look at that in real life. You see that as well. So I yeah, didn't mean exactly. to cut you off. But no, that, no. That is definitely a... And I think that's pretty obnoxious here. And mm-hmm. we don't really get Tannikin's feeling on her on like her face and how she feels. It's mostly about everybody else who have kind of run away from her. And like, they try to marry her to a pig farmer, which I thought was like, Oh my God. Like, yeah, you know, it's like, I don't know. It just reminds me of so many problematic things. Like, I I don't Mm -hmm. know, just because yeah, it's just a lot. So I I feel like poor Tannikin, you know, a lot throughout this story, I feel very sorry for her because she doesn't really necessarily like, we don't know what she wants. Maybe she doesn't want to be married. Well, it's, it's interesting too because we don't hear from or know her in the beginning of the story. All we really hear is like at the end part, mm-hmm. right? And um, so I think it's like a good lesson about women women wanting independence um, and looking at you know how so often marriage is used as a means to fix women. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, we totally still see that today. Yep. I mean, you know, it's like, oh, she's a wild one or whatever. Like, you know, for, are you going to settle down? Yes. All these things. It's like, they're, even those common phrases about marriage are used to imply that there's something wrong with the woman, that she needs to be tamed mm-hmm. and that she will be fixed mm-hmm. yep. in marriage. Yep. And men get the, get the, lucky title of bachelor right right and so i think there is a difference there is a a definitely down the gender line right of Mm -hmm. what is expected from each gender um and i think that's very problematic but i also think they get all the things in marriage sorry i I want you to hold your thought but speaking of the bachelor made me think about also there's like this wave right of celebrating like dad bods and then they're celebrating of silver foxes like Mm -hmm. There is not the same for women, and that's really fucked up. It's pretty, pretty messed up. I think actually this story is kind of like that. It's like totally. it's like the the silver pig fox. Yeah. I don't know that <laughs> I can I just like looked aside like, did that work? I don't think it worked. But you know, I think it's a very interesting I like an idea like a I don't know, it's reinforcing this fact that she has to be married in order to be fixed, like you say. Yep. But then also that her husband is the one to grant her her independence. Yes. And I think that is pretty annoying. Like, mm-hmm. I love this story because it's less problematic than most. But um, it kind of reminds me of like the benev- benevolent man, which I think is pretty mm-hmm. problematic. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's pretty... I feel like we kind of talked about that in Lion's Whiskers, Mm -hmm. right? Of like, where was the dad? Like not paying attention that, you know, this woman was doing all these things and like kind of, you know, and oh, even the story, there was another story we talked about, um, like getting food or not having, I don't know. Anyways, there was these things. And yeah, you're right. Like we see that a lot in folklore. Oh, sorry. I'm rambling. I'm all over the place today. (laughs) But it makes me think about, I think, a story that so many people know, the story of Cinderella. Mm -hmm. That always bothered me the father kind of just being so not aware of what was happening to his daughter and what was happening at home you know because also there's there's this weird like men get to have it both ways mm-hmm. because it's like being the man of the house being the all powerful whatever like in that sense but also they don't actually have to know or pay attention or care 
what's happening, yep. which is really frustrating. Yeah, I think in so I, I agree with you. And I think in Cinderella, sometimes her father is dead, sometimes he's alive, who knows. But I think either way, he's not seen as a vi- as a villain, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the thing that bothered me about the Cinderella Disney version is like the prince never talked. He's like, hey, oh you're God. pretty. Hey, yeah. girl, you're pretty. Yeah. Come on over. And it's like, really? This could have been like a four minute song. Why are we watching this whole well, movie? It's the same thing as, you know, Little Mermaid when we yeah. talked about that. It's like, Prince Eric, like, just give her a pen and a paper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Try to talk to her. But that doesn't matter when there's beauty involved. Right. Rachel. Which, like, ugh. But if you're a stinker, a skinker. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a skinker, like, she, that's what I love about this story, too, is that the guy that's willing to marry her, um, you know, I think he he had a choice. He he didn't choose. He gave it to her. You know, I, I see him as, as benevolent, but I think the fact that he has to be benevolent is mm-hmm. the core of the issue. Yeah. Right. Uh, but also, I mean, he did it for the money. Yeah, it's, probably. Then, You're so You know, right. I mean, because yeah. you said in the story, then they found a man who was willing to marry her in yeah. London. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, they had to go find him. And again, it takes us back to that fact that like, she is not worthy. And she right. like, they had to find somebody to marry her too, because yeah. that's the only thing, the only way that she could lead a meaningful life, right? Which is such BS. BS. Like, you do not have to marry, be married. You don't have to have kids. You could have a silver trough. Like, why are you giving that up? That sounds awesome. Right. I don't know. I, like, yeah. Just get it all, you know, get it all down. Right. You know? Like, totally. I don't really understand the problem. <sighs> this story. I like <laughs> it, but it also makes me really mad because, yeah, these super core issues that we see in society so much that pressure for relationship that pressure for looks and outward appearance not you know i mean until he's like actually looks at her which what the like also i'm like so what the hell what was his plan he was just gonna lay there and not look at her like she finally said something but like i don't it just makes me feel weird too because in these older times and I, I don't know if this still happens today, but that like that pressure for like consummating the marriage. So mm-hmm. it made me feel like, was he going to try to consummate the marriage without looking at her? Just like, I don't know. It, it gave me like a weird feeling. And even thinking about that and like using her as an object, which this was not said in the story, but this is just where my mind went. And it's like, you know, she's the one that actually said, no, like, look at me kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And he did <laughs> because she told him to. But again, it's kind of because money was on the line and she was saying, look at me, I'll break off the marriage. So essentially he could keep the money or he could actually see her. But like then he saw something beautiful. So I feel like he stayed. It mm-hmm. wasn't necessarily like he could see her beautiful mind or all that, you know, all the happiness that their life could have. He saw beauty and that's what solved it. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. And that is highly problematic. Totally. Um, we give such a pass for beauty when like people can be such shitty humans. Mm-hmm. I ugh, don't even get me started. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you got a lot to say. <laughs> yeah, I, it just makes me think of certain celebrities and you look at the world right now and like where and what people support and using mm-hmm. their voice and what products are you supporting? What are you endorsing? Like, what are you standing for? But so often people don't care as mm-hmm. long as a person is beautiful. But then like those are the people that we idolize, like yeah. these like messed up celebrities, like give me like actual content give me actual like good you know Mm -hmm. I want to be motivated by that I do not care 
what somebody looks like. So if you were him, you would have looked him straight in the face and be like, her straight in the face and been like, hey, lady. Hey, well, also, let's yeah, talk. it's like, let's. Where at this point do they talk about, like, you know, uh, they found someone that was willing to meet her yeah. and they talked mm-hmm. and he realized, like, I, you know, this thing has happened to you, but you're such a beautiful person. And, like, you know, where's exactly. that yeah, version? That's the one I want to know. Actually, have you seen Penelope with Christina Ricci? If I have, it's been so long it's, ago. It's a good one. Okay. It's a good one. And it's actually kind of based on Tannikin Skinker. Mm. It's a lot more uplifting and a lot nicer. Okay. Um, it's also got the mom from Home Alone. Nice. She's she's great. Um, but yeah, it's a really good, it's a great, great movie. Hearing you say that, what movie reminds me of Tannikin Skinker is Shallow Hal. Oh, yeah. Almost. Oh, yeah. Ooh, that's a problem. That's a problematic movie. But it is so much. Mm -hmm. As a plus size woman myself, I have so many issues with that. But like high level talking about like, you know, then he see like, you know, the he the only reason he falls in love with her is because he sees her as thin. It's not until the world tells him like, what the hell are you doing with Mm -hmm. that plus size woman? Like, you know, how, how can you love something like that? And he's like, what do you mean? And then he starts to like notice and see different things. But um, yeah, it makes me think of this. Yeah. I mean, I think too, you know, this idea of, um, again, it reinforces what women are supposed to be, totally. what they're supposed to do and how this is kind of really problematic. And that they're supposed to be like prizes. I mean, yes. she literally is like, She's the prize with the money. 40,000 pounds. Well, maybe she's not the prize. The money is, I guess. But yeah. she comes with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's she's an object, right? She's and an object. yeah, you know, I mean, the other thing that you had mentioned before, kind of like children as retribution for the bad actions of their parents. That's a whole other yep. theme here and something that we've. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's it's interesting because I do find that in, uh, true a lot of times, right? Like I. You know, we we are all ancestors, right? And we all have to live up. We all have to like break down whatever ancestors have done, and we have to um, be better people, right? With that knowledge and very open about that knowledge. Mm-hmm. So I understand that, but something that Americans suck at very much suck at. <laughs> that is like our Looking least favorite totally. hobby. <laughs> like, we just don't <laughs> want to do it. But I think it's very important, right? Like you you grapple with your ancestry, and then mm-hmm. you move forward and try to be better. I think, though, this is interesting because it begins with not giving. Yeah. And then it kind of ends with, like, this is, this is like, her, like, she's a problem. Like, let's give her to somebody right. else. Totally. Like, um, Still and, not facing it. Still mm-hmm. not looking at, you know. What you did as right. the mom, right? Um, yeah, I guess if just, like, baseline rule, if a beggar comes by, just give him some money, you know? Just baseline, <laughs> don't. Don't not, you know? Yeah. Well, and, speaking of that, even I guess that's going to, I'm taking us in a whole other direction, but um, I spent a lot of time volunteering and working with um, the homeless population. And I will always remember um, this experience that I had when I got to take a group of students to Washington, D.C., and we did a lot of work um, there. And we're meeting with this gentleman who had just shared with us how much it's like, you know, his life, he was in a place where that was all he could do. That was what he needed for money. He was begging, right? And the fact that so many people can't even look someone like that in the eye or acknowledge them. And I've seen that, you know, we live 
in and near Chicago, walking down the street, people are like, don't make eye contact, don't make eye contact. But sometimes even just a simple hello and a nod, like sharing that kindness, acknowledging that it's another human. And like, you know, so I think these stories too of like rich versus the poor and like the rich not helping the poor, like this kind of overall thing, I think we're supposed to obviously learn something from that as well. Um, But to just share a little of my experience, that's something, you know, I, I just think kindness goes a long way. I don't always have cash or something on me to give someone, but you can always give kindness. Yeah. Well, and I think too, this idea of the rich versus poor, the the rich are rich for exploiting the poor. Yep. Like that's how our system works. Mm-hmm. Capitalism. Uh, look it up. You know, <laughs> I think that's that's exactly the backbone of the system. So, um, you know, I think this is supposed to tell us. So it doesn't matter what you as a rich person doesn't matter what you give as long as the system is in place. Mm. Like it's not going to fix anything. But I don't think the story is going that deep. I think this story is saying you know, give your, what is it, tithes or whatever, like give those to people in need. And that's what you, that's the Christian, quote unquote, Christian thing to do. Um, and I think that's what it's forcing on us. But then they could turn around and burn the lady in the stake and at the stake. But and she, she was a witch. She didn't mean to do it. She's like, I don't know how to undo that. I just muttered it. I was mad. <laughs> like, you know, but like, typical. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, like there's all signs that point to we're supposed to think she's bad. So they burn her. She's a witch. Yeah. That's just the category she gets dumped into in this story. And I'm not saying it's fair. It's very problematic. But well, I think, too, because she was angry. Right. Right. I think it's uh, women can't be angry. No, we're not a lot. What anger? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Can you spell it for me? I'm not sure. Right. Like, it's so obnoxious. It's that she... patriarchy. <laughs> P.A. <laughs> exactly. And I just feel like she is, you know, a victim. You know, mm-hmm. and and that's unfortunate. And then they go to this like Vandermast guy, and so like I don't know, that's kind of interesting. That a man's like, well, to fix her, you gotta marry her off, and it's like, what? Mm-hmm. I don't know about that. I don't know that that's Vandermast. Let me see your degrees. Right. Where did you go to school? Right. Can we get some? Did you treat somebody else with this condition? Do you know anything about this? Let's get some references going. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't know. But I mean, that's all women are good for, right, Rachel? Oh, yeah. Marriage. That's it. So there it is. Mm-hmm. The pinnacle of existence. Right. Yeah, it's pretty. It's, oh, man. So many fairy tales. I mean, that's just what it is. It's like we paint this picture that, you know, finding that meaningful relationship in a like heterosexual relationship, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, just thinking of all the problems within that. And it's always like, ugh. yeah, this just it feels heavy. <laughs> Well, I do love this story because I do think it's less problematic because she at least gets to choose, right? In some ways. So I do think it's a little bit better. I hear you and I like that. I think what's really bothering me, (laughs) she does have the best name. What's bothering me right now is that like, essentially she got to choose, yes, but that's only because her parents offered enough money and this man like went for it when she said, look at me. That's (laughs) all he had to do. He looked at her like, I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't feel like, like, where's the actual support? Mm -hmm. You know, I wish. Yeah. I also (laughs) think too, uh, you know, and this, this happens in fairy tale a lot. I think part of it is just oral tradition and how things are like, you have to keep it pretty. But let's not like try to rationalize and like give any allotments. (laughs) I like that. I do think though, the, the most 
amazing part of marriage, being married, is the marriage. Like, you never get to see that in any of the fairy tales. It's right. like, oh, everything's great. She married totally. the beast. It's all awesome. And like... It's all about the wedding. Yeah. Not the marriage. Mm-hmm. It's like the chase and the wedding. Yep. Yep. And I, I actually think like there's something so uh, complicated about marriage and relationships. And totally. even if you decide not to marry, right? Let, let's take that off the table. But relationships with anybody, mm-hmm. that actually is... Um, deeply personal, deeply complex. And I, I think that's a lot more humanity or human, I guess, yeah. at its core, right? Because you're you're creating um, you're creating your family, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's really quite beautiful. And so it's kind of unfortunate that a lot of the stories we tell tend to like make that. Right. Because not like even. what is family? You can be a family of one. Mm-hmm. You can be like whoever. You know, I definitely consider Yeah. <laughs> I consider some yeah, my dog for sure. Some friends <laughs> have become family. Like mm-hmm. what is family? Mm-hmm. You get to decide. You get to find that. You get to hold your peace and your happiness and yeah, these crazy fairy tales, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't really help you with that. But I wanted to tell you something kind of cool about the history of this because this is like a wild story. Okay. Um so actually, there's a lot of like, there's one really problematic version that I'm going to say, just know that this is like, so messed up. Okay. But there's this story, this version where a Christian converts to Judaism, and then he has a daughter that happens to have a pig face, which is like, okay, that's Whoa. so messed up. And then on converting back to Christianity, um, and when his daughter is baptized, the pig form melts away, which like, oh my God, that is, I wow. can't, ugh. It's like so gross. Yeah. So pushing the, this agenda of Christianity, right? Uh, making mm-hmm. that what's most important. Of and course. Seeing yeah. Judaism as another and like all oh, mm-hmm. so many problems with that version. Wow. But then the history is there's a lot of like other like um, in 1815, there was a woman of noble birth that was said to have the face of a pig and that she was spotted around London and papers even wrote about her. She also allegedly bit a guy named William Elliot. A baronet on the a baron, a baron on the neck, um, and the bite was so bad that he had to see a doctor, which is really weird. Wow! And then there's another one. Um, there was a hoax also in 1815 um, in the Manchester Square. An ad was placed in a paper asking for a, a companion for a quote pig woman, and the woman's address was g- given, and huge crowds showed up. And it was later revealed that it was a scorned lover that had put an ad in the paper as a means of revenge. Isn't that so messed up? Wow. So like she just like opens her door like and all these people are outside and he called her like, oh, so messed up. Um, And then after this, so this story was widely popular in the 1800s. So they had like it's they had like a chat book on it. That's where this story comes from. Is it like a little pamphlet about. Did you say a chat book? Chap. Oh, I was like making me think of like chat rooms. Like we're talking about the 1800s, right? (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) They were like uh, writing letters in the third chat room. Um, But yeah, chat book. And um, after this came out, it's like it was so famous. It was so like such a big story um, that many exhibits started to show pig faced women. But actually, they were bears that had been drugged and shaved (gasps) and had fake breasts attached to them. And women's clothing and wore women's clothing yeah what yeah <laughs> just just needed to share that little tidbit so there's a lot of problematic versions oh my god and humans the history. are so cruel i know isn't that messed up i don't know how the face from the beginning even just these stories yep. and what we do to each other through like 
slander and hurting each other with rumors and our like societal pressure of what women are supposed to be and look like like that's whole one thing but then these poor bears i know somebody say bears oh my god and also like that the one where the guy the hoax one that i mentioned um that was basically like i mean that was harassment like he basically harassed her um and she didn't she just was like, I don't want to see you anymore. And he's like, well, I'm going to take my revenge because right. I'm an asshole. Right? Yeah. Like, and you can't break up with me. Right. I'm going to do this to you. And it's just like so messed up. Wow. Um, I did tell the best version, I think. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so if you... Are were, they all named Tannik and Skinker? All no. the versions? Mm-mm. I like Tannik and Skinker That's the best. That's a good name, right? Yeah. yeah. Let's bring it back to the name. That's a, It's yeah. a fun, positive, overall great story i mean so many layers here i'm really happy that you told it this is a really good one i'm not going to get over the bears for a while i don't know that just really my biggest question which again is not taking apart the fact that that's horrifying is how do you shave a bear without like an electric buzzer are you just like holding them down and like using like a razor? And like how much drugs were they using? Because like even... yeah, to have to drug it to shave it and to oh, have it God. like I'm so creeped out by that. Humans yeah. are the worst. We're not great. Mm-mm, it's not a great look. Not a great look. Wow. But anyway, that was the story of Tannikin Skinker. Way to end our season, right? Yeah. <laughs> this You're was welcome. A, a real skinker of a story, Rach. Oh, let's see what you did there. <laughs> I can't stop saying that. Sorry, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> You're not sorry. You're no, not really I had bits. fun. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, man, I'm excited to to see you next season. But, yeah, um, totally. I hope you have a great uh, rest of the year. Yeah, great and little break, and we will be back before you know it. Yep, I'll talk to you soon. Catch Sounds you on good. that folklore flip. Bye. Bye Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode, but you can always find us on Instagram at Femlore Podcast or visit us online at Femlore.com. We love what we do, but we can't do it without you. Your listens, shares, and reviews keep us going, so please tell your friends about us. Femlore is produced by Mindy Scott, Rachel Marr, Aaron Crossland, and Lauren Crossland Marr. Audio engineering and music by Aaron Crossland, research and coordination by Lauren Crossland Marr, and as always, canine support provided by Andy and Cody. Ow!